Hello, my friends. The voice of Simon Miller here, obviously, because imagine it was somebody else. That would be really weird. Uh, just with a little bit of a caveat before we get into this. What was meant to be a short chat about health and fitness somehow turned into a 45-minute uh, discussion. So if you want to get to the resting stuff, you can just jump straight there. Although I will say, much like as I framed the, the title of this episode up, I do believe some of the things that we get into could help you if you are trying to get fitter or you're trying to get a physique like a professional wrestler. It was just supposed to be something that uh, changed things up a little bit and just sort of started the conversation in a different way. But as it turns out, I really like talking about the gym. I'm sure that will surprise all of you. But again, you can uh, head to 45 minutes if you want to skip all of that or probably just after now that I've done this intro. Uh, but also, if you do like this kind of stuff, please do let me know. I hope that it's somewhat beneficial to people who have just started working out or are looking at ways to improve their overall health. But otherwise, thank you as always for supporting me and let's get Get on with the show. Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. Thank you very much for dedicating some of your time to listen to me rant for the next hour or so. I do appreciate it as it is the end of the week or the weekend, depending on when this makes its way up to the internet. We are, of course, going to get a patron on the show to chat to me about whatever for the next 60 minutes. And you can be that person, should you so wish. You head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. There's a bunch of tears now. I revamped it in a post-pandemic world to try and give people more of the things that they were asking for and if it works for you great if not i just appreciate you listening but coming back on the show i always like it when people come back because there's somewhat of a you know a rapport that we built up it's my man hayden hayden how you doing today good simon it's good to be back bud Good. It's good to chat to you, man. Now, before we did, we are going to talk some wrestling down the line. But uh, when we were talking before I smashed the record button, you brought up a very interesting point about the world of health and fitness and bodybuilding and gyms. And uh, yeah, we both agreed that'd be a cool thing just to chat about briefly because, hey, look, it's an easy way for me to pimp my wares. Nothing. I'm not ashamed about doing that transparency and honesty. Because, yeah, basically around, well, the, it was the pandemic. It was the lockdown that did it. Uh, I found all my wrestling bookings vanishing and all these outside opportunities. I was always a guy that like to be here there and everywhere and obviously they all just disappeared and i was like well what do i do and i've been uploading stuff onto my youtube channel anyway and i'd already started to do the old fitness thing here and there and i thought to myself oh well maybe you know maybe i could just start doing a, a little bit of a little bit more of the gym stuff i like doing it plus i was missing it given that all the gyms had been closing and then yeah it started to, to, to get sort of a good response and the more I dove into it, more importantly, the more I found all these incredible videos of people just spouting the absolute nonsense <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life, simply to get a click or to try and build up some sort of, you know, false confidence, I guess, in these these crazy techniques to get people in shape, which it was never going to do. And that's what got me. I was like, man, this is such a short-term vision because if you give people erroneous details for too long, after about four, five, six months, they will figure out that it's not working. And, and then where the hell do you go from there? And it's my girlfriend that actually pushed me on to do it because I am so ingrained in that world. I don't really know what people do know and what they don't know. And I've got this huge bee in my bonnet. I never want to patronize anybody. I never want to feel like, oh, I know all the information, which again is the like anti-YouTube where people will point at you and yell, you know nothing. I know everything. Listen to me. And yeah, I kind of realized talking to guys like yourself and other people that were already in my so-called wrestling bubble 
that there was a bunch of also people trying to make their way through that world too. And I just thought that was really cool. I think that's why having these communities on the internet is so is so badass because you learn so much about people. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that uh, when it comes to fitness and wellness, even nutrition and that, I think it's something that pretty much everybody can just identify with. There are some genetic freaks that are just super lucky, right? That they don't have to worry about it. They can eat whatever they want. Oh, it yeah. doesn't really matter. And they don't have to work out and they still have a six pack. But most 99.999% uh, of people have to, they have to work at it. So I think you're right. Yeah, no, that's it. And you know, that's, I mean, the one piece, I know that some people listen to this probably don't care about health and fitness, which is also okay. That's the other thing I couldn't believe when I was watching these videos is this idea that if you don't go to the gym, you're some kind of moron. <laughs> it's just, so that's what people said, right? They guilted you into going into to the gym. And I was like, I don't think this is the right way, the right way to do it. Because I do totally believe, I don't want to get too off track. I'm intrigued to see what you think, though. I think deep down, everybody does want to get in shape. They do. They want to find a way to make fitness fun for them. But they just don't know how, right? They just don't know how. Like, where do I start? What do I do? And because so many people that you will watch will hammer home this idea of, well, there's only one way to do it. You have to go to the gym. You have to lift weights, which categorically isn't, you know, the case in any sense yeah i, I find it kind of because you know wrestling on youtube is massive we know this uh the gaming community is really what kicked the whole thing off but as i've now learned after you know like i say doing my research fitness is is so big that you really do have to kind of canvas as many as you can because nobody is saying nobody is saying the same thing everybody is giving you sort of differing opinions yeah there's very few people that are really kind of that are consistent. I don't know the, the guys I listen to uh, besides yourself, obviously is uh, I don't know. Do you know who James Linker at shredded sports science is? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think his, his stuff is terrific. It's really analytical and it's really science-based, which is important. And I think he does the same thing that you do a lot of times, which is to say, Hey, this might work terrifically for everybody else. There's yeah, a chance yeah. for you. It just doesn't work. And that's, again, one of the frustrating things about, uh, especially in, like, in our, our society today, right? I mean, I can, I'm 40 years old, and I can remember when I was eight was the first time I felt self-conscious about myself. I remember playing football, and we took uh, shirts and skins was the first time, and I got made fun of it. I can still remember the dude. I can still remember where we were at in the elementary school and everything about that. Um, so I've been dealing with this for, like, 35 years, right? And... I've gone from as high as 416 pounds all the way down to like what I am right now, which is about 240, 250. Wow, man. So it is, but it's, it's, it's nothing that ends, right? Every day I still struggle with what I have to eat. Then the older you get, the less effect exercise has and the more effect nutrition has. And I, I hate that. I would gladly go to the gym three times a day if it meant that I could eat whatever I want. <laughs> that's so true. And that, <laughs> but that's the other thing, right, as well, because you get this, uh, and again, it's all these strange things where people are like, oh, you know, uh, the diet is more important than training or the training is more important than the diet. You're like, no, no, you have to do it all. It's the problem. The problem is you have to do everything. And if you don't, if you don't do everything, it won't work to the to the extent that and i get that sucks and i remember I, i've gone both sides some days i wake up and i think oh if only i could just lift weights and that'd be fine and other days i wake up and go oh if only i could just eat right that would be fine and that's the whole point right it all depends on on, on your day which also ties into 
uh, you know, the, the gym in the gym in general. There is no there is no right, there is no wrong. It's just a bunch of crazy stuff you just have to kind of continually do over the years and hope that it all it all sorts itself out, which is crazy. You know, it's it's a crazy thing to do and it takes forever. These are not what people want to hear. Yeah, it's not a it's not an easy thing. And I, I've got a, a weird condition, like my thyroid's all jacked up, so it makes it really difficult for me to lose weight but easy to gain weight. And yeah. then it, it gives me a really, really intense appetite. The only, like when, even when I was uh, 420 pounds, when I was losing my weight in the beginning, I let, I never lost more than three pounds a week. Jeez, man. Even, I mean, I started going to the gym four times a week and then I went to five and then six and nine. And right now I do like 12 workouts a week. I do DDP yoga three times a week because it's improved. I get kind of locked onto these like fitness, uh, like, themes and right now my big one is mobility and doing that has has really improved my mobility but i I do cardio six days a week three days is hit three days is steady state um i lift three days a week and then i do uh, ddpy three days a week and there are still weeks where i gain weight right and that's with eating 1800 calories a day yeah so it's what you just as corny as it is it's that line that it doesn't matter how many times you fail it's just that you get up after you fail, right? So as, as corny as that is, it's actually how, how things go. Everybody's a little bit different. And if you stay positive, you're much more likely to succeed. I, that's it, right? And you had, and you, you've made such a good point there as well, especially going back to what you said earlier, is you can get all the information in the world, but you don't know whether it's going to work for you. And I can't stand people that go, oh, you know, you mentioned your thyroid issue. And I've seen videos where people go, oh, it's just an excuse. It's like, it is an excuse, but it's called a good one. <laughs> it's like, it's, well, called, it's called reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you have some people going, oh, you know, why didn't you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning? Because I found this, you know, this guy that's dying of this disease. Or maybe they have another issue they need to deal with. Like you can't, you, A, you can't always prioritize health and fitness as much as you may want. But also, yeah, you know, your body, like I had it today. I put a video up about caffeine and I made it so clear in the video, but we all know how the, the comments work. I made it all clear that this is what happens to me when I drink it. It's not going to happen to you. And then the first comment I get, one of the first comments is like uh, actually getting, because I get acne when I drink coffee. Coffee, this, uh, uh, acne is all controlled by carbohydrates. I was like, bro, you didn't listen to anything, anything that I just said. I'm not saying that it makes scientific sense. I'm saying that I increase my caffeine and a week's time, I have spots everywhere. And then I drop that, you know, caffeine without doing anything else differently and they vanish again. So as a human being with a brain, I go, well, don't drink that much coffee. Like it doesn't take a genius. And yet people are so uh, determined. Like you said, you're eating 1800 calories. They're like, well, that has to be in a deficit. Yes, probably. But unfortunately, the answer was no. So why would you continually hit him over the head with this as opposed to taking a step back and going, all right, what can we do? Where you know, where can we get you in a good in a good position? That's what I don't understand. And that was a real driving factor for me with making those videos. I was like, I'm not saying they're going to do well. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I know more than anybody else. However, that is not the right kind of message you want to send out there because people are going to be baffled. Like if you genuinely thought that, what the hell would you do, right? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really helpless feeling. And the, to me, one of the most frustrating things is what you said is time, right? You're never going to figure out if something is making your, if you're making better gains or if you're improving your life, it's going to take months. And okay. that's super frustrating to, to get there. And then after three months, you're like, well, that actually didn't help as much as I thought it would. I got to switch. Cause I tried the uh, intermittent fasting for about, about four months, about a third of a year. I wouldn't eat anything until 1, 1, 1 p.m. after my gym session. And 
it just it didn't work for me. And it's so frustrating. Like, God, yeah. I was miserable for a third of a year. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't matter. But yeah. no, I do, and that, and that's the thing, which is why my big uh, my big takeaway is you got to enjoy it. How can you do anything if you're not enjoying it? You know, if you have a bad day, you're not going to go to the gym. You're not going to eat well, and that's why you know my mad thing about diet is to make sure. Oh man, when I posted the video about what I ate in a day, Millie, are you eating a bunch of crap? I was like, yeah, but I'm having a great time eating it. So you could kiss my ass. Yeah, well, that's that's really interesting because I'm a I follow uh, Faris Ahabi. Do you know who he is? Like he trained uh, George Saint Pierre and a couple others. In yeah, 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 I've seen that. Yeah. And what he talks about, which really spoke, struck a chord with me, is and you could cut, I'm sure identify with it, is he said training and that kind of stuff needs to be a driving force, a propelling force in your life. Everybody will get to the gym and be like, oh, I just want to have a donut and go play video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's OK as long as you're still being pushed forward. Right. If it's a positive part of your life, it will always it'll kind of build upon itself. Um, that's why I have uh, I have kind of a love annoyance relationship with some YouTube channels that are really kind of anti body positivity or kind of, you know, fat acceptance movement. I think that if you can look yourself in the mirror and be happy with who you are and see that you have worth and value and potential, I think that's a really good thing. If you look yourself in the mirror and you're positive, that's always going to be better than negative as long as you lace that with an understanding of reality. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, totally. when, I was, when I was 400 pounds, I, you could look in the mirror and be like, hey, I still have worth. I still have value. I'm still a really – I'm a good person. I try hard. But if I could lose 100 pounds, my life would be better. And as long as we have that, I think, I think it'll help people overall. I think it'll help society overall. I don't think there's anything wrong with being positive as long as you're realistic about it. Mm, no. So I, I, sorry, go on, man. What you say? I, what? Sorry? I, I just I always have uh, I always have disagreements with people that somehow think that negative reinforcement is going to be a good thing because it isn't. Because negative, I mean, I have studied. We were talking about it earlier. I've studied. I don't know. And like maybe 150 meta analyses of of uh, weight loss and motivational studies from, actually, we're talking thousands of studies that have done and then been put into hundreds of meta analyses to talk about when when a person is uh, confronted with a either positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement, overwhelmingly positive encouragement wins like 70% of the time, it and, and even more in a lot of cases. Yeah, but. Even if someone doesn't respond to a positive kind of push toward the gym, there's no negative re repercussions of it. If I tell a friend, hey, you want to go to the gym today? We'll go there. We'll have a little bit of fun. We'll get tired. We'll hate ourselves for a little while, and then we'll go home. And if they say, no, that's okay. I'm not going to go. You haven't made it more difficult to them to go. But if you come up and insult them, be like, hey, Chubby, come on. Let's go to the gym or whatever. Get off get off your pet, you know. What that does is that not only are they not going to go, but the, the chances of them in the future deciding to push themselves is less. It has an actual like double negative effect. So I just I think that going through life being positive and realistic is the way to go. I think it's Dude. it's what's always is going to be pushing you to the gym rather than repelling you from it. So, absolutely, man. I mean, absolutely and, that. And there are very few people that are going to go to the to the gym and are going to be in that super sexy shape where they just love going to the gym. Even Joe Rogan on his podcast talks about, I go to the gym and I hate it sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. this is a dude who lives there, right? So, yeah. And you I'm, talk about yourself. You, you're like, I hate it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they're the times when 
really you have the best sessions because you should come back from the gym and think, wow, I didn't want to go, but I did 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You know, that, you know, doing something that you don't want to do, uh, which you know is beneficial for both your mental and physical health is, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's a difficult thing to do. And it's why, yeah, I mean, I get messages like that a lot because obviously a lot of people call me a fence sitter, which I probably am, but that's because I don't want to ever judge anybody. But yeah, going back to the whole, the whole fat shaming thing, I get messages about that all the time. Oh, people shouldn't be overweight. And like, no, they shouldn't be for their own health. But that's like, you, you can argue that in any way. Some people say, oh, you shouldn't have this much of a, of a muscular physique because it's bad for you. Like, you know, there are you, of course, being overweight to an obese point of view is is not good, but it's not good for that person. It's not affecting the other person. Like I always tied in, it's a little bit different, but I always tied it to mental health when, you know, some people get frustrated with uh, depressed people or people that have anxiety. I'm like, all right, pal, but trust me, it's worse for them. <laughs> like it's definitely, it's definitely yeah. worse than them. So I get it. If you are dealing with someone with mental health, there is then a, a knock on to your own mental health because you're worried about that person, which can be the same for someone that's overweight. But again, it's, it, it, it's like when somebody has a problem, they have to want to lose the weight to begin with. And I don't think that you should judge anyone for how they look or how they choose to, to live because you've got to give people some freedoms and that's just that's just that's just how i see it and obviously if this person reaches out to me or they were a friend and i was truly worried about their health of course i'd say something but it's exactly what you just talked about i would say it in a way where i was like look here's what i think here's what i think we should do but if you're not into this and you're not down no harm no foul do whatever you want i yeah, do not think that we should go around pointing the finger and yelling at people because again i've seen that done on youtube you mentioned it as well it does not work at all yeah no and it like i said it has if it has a negative effect that's not what you want it's kind of like the whole like i used to when i started going to the gym seriously lifting about three years ago uh i remember it would get busy around uh the beginning of new year's and everybody would kind of get upset right like oh all these resolutioners i'm like hey if two out of ten stay that's good news. Yeah. Right? And right. and the gym is a super intimidating place, especially if you're overweight, right? It's a really, really intimidating place to be because you're a, you're a, you assume that everybody's just looking at you. After a while, you learn that nobody really does, right? Everybody's got their own problems. They have their own things, but it takes a long time to understand that. Of course it does because it's an intimidating place and because you've never done it. Like when I went back to the gym post lockdown, A, I was in two worlds. I'm like, should I be doing this? And then going back to mental health as I got to go. I, I, need to, I need to go to the gym. But even I was a little bit intimidated because I was like, well, this isn't the world that I once knew. What are the rules? How long am I allowed to be in there to? What time is the gym open? How does social distancing work? And these are the same questions that people have when they first go to the gym. It's like, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that i had a friend of mine text me the other day who's just turned 30 and he's like right i'm gonna start getting in shape and he said you know can i ask my personal trainer this am i allowed to film myself doing that and to me these are like of course what silly questions but if you don't know and you're not educated in that area it's like anything like two plus two equals four is simple but not if nobody teaches you how to do it you know you have to you know you have to you have to understand that and uh Given that the stereotype of gyms is big, burly, burly blokes who look down on others, and actually it's the big, burly blokes that are so obsessed with their own physique and stuff, they don't actually know that anybody else is in the gym. But because that's the stereotype, people assume that they're going to almost be shunned 
from going in the gym. But it's a perfectly normal way to think. I can't imagine anybody that hasn't done it. And so, yeah, you have to build up that tolerance as well. And then when you do that, then you have to figure out a plan. It can be a scary thing to do. But like you say, that's when and there is a massive problem when people join gyms in the new year. But that's on the gyms. And that's because they oversubscribe because they know a bunch of people are going to not bother coming. So they're like, oh, man, we can get money for old rope here. And that's nothing to do with the people going to the gym. But I'll, I'll never say anything negative about somebody that tries to get themselves in shape simply because it was the it sounds silly and you're allowed to roll your eyes but it was the most defining feature well the most defining thing I ever did because it taught me a it showed me something that I was super passionate about but b as you know you always hear this in these kind of shows but it's true it taught me how to set small realistic goals and then every time I achieved one I was like oh wow maybe I can apply this to the real world and I did and that was also somewhat of a success okay great this can be the whole foundation I built my life on yeah no, it's it can it can be a hugely positive force in your life life overall, but it has to yeah you, you just have to get there and just it, like you're talking about it's cliche but it doesn't really matter. There's there's a reason why it's cliche, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah stereotypes and cliches exist because they're yep. mostly based in some kind of fact. I mean, they get exaggerated too. So yeah. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, I could talk about it all day as well, as I've just realized from, from doing it here. So maybe I should start a fitness podcast. Maybe I should just start. I, I just don't know what people would talk about, but I guess we just chatted for what, like 20, 30 minutes or whatever yeah. on the subject. So uh, maybe, it, maybe it is possible. Um, I'll have a think about that. There must be things I can talk about, but I just... You know, the, the one thing I want anyone to take away that has decided to uh, to sit down and listen, even though they may not have been so inclined to do otherwise, is I am not right for going and you are not right for not going. That's not what the gym is. You know, the gym is the gym is self-competition. That's what it is. The only person you are competing with in the gym is you and what you did last week compared to you did this week. It doesn't matter if anyone's bigger, smaller, thinks they have a better routine, thinks they have a better diet. Uh, you know, my story I always tell is the guy that I went to university with who I may actually try and get in touch with because he would be good on a podcast and uh, yeah he moved in the second year of uni he was a friend of friends I'd met when I'd uh, moved up to uh, to university and he could eat whatever he want and he was just ripped all the time like he must have been 13 12 13% body fat but and that's not sort of like super lean but to be that lean it's still pretty damn lean when you can eat whatever you want is yeah I mean people would kill for that you know and and I always used to say to him dude you've got to dedicate yourself to this you will be you know you will be jacked but he didn't want to do it and that's why I hated him (laughs) but (laughs) but that was a jealous thing it was jealousy I was like, I, I can't do that. I look at I look at a cake and my body's like, ah, I'm, yep. I'm going to screw you over. So I, I used to say I, I have a tic-tac and gain three pounds yeah. is the way it works. <laughs> oh, well, I guess no dinner tonight. Okay. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is that people beat them up. They beat themselves up for for the things that they eat when really there's uh, there is a way to have a diet. I even hate that word, but it's true. There's a way to have a food plan, we'll call it, which is both nutritious, but you know, it, it, nice to eat and fun to eat. And it just takes a little bit of research as anything does. And there's nothing yeah, and wrong with that either. Oh, I found man, consistency yeah. is really important. I, like the, the diet I'm on now is about 1800 calories a day. And for a dude that's about 260, like it says that I should have uh, about 320 or 3,200. Crazy, day, man. Right now. Now, I figure there's about a 20% wiggle room with that, so it's pro- I, I'm guessing about 2,800. So I'm at about a 1,000-calorie deficit. But the way I've done it is I have a little – for breakfast and lunch total, I'll have about 600 calories, and then I'll have a 600-calorie dinner, which is usually chicken and rice and something else, some other stuff. And then the other eight or 600, anywhere from one to 600 calories is kind of on me. What do, what do I want? Yeah. What do I feel like? 
Yeah. And what that does is it, it's not as good as saying a 1200 calorie a day thing. It's not as effective, but it's way easier to stick to. Yeah. And it becomes way less of a actual chore. It's like, Oh, Hey, well, I actually get a have an ice cream sandwich every once in a while. It's not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. Like again, I'm a, I'm actually helping train a friend at the moment who uh, we put them on a new diet around about oh, it must be six to eight weeks now. And because it actually worked, you know what it's like. All of a sudden, they're terrified to eat anything else because it's like no, I can. Yeah. And it's like no, 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 don't, don't become. That's me. Don't become me. Like I, I am not an example for this. Where you get crazy obsessed, and you know, you it's kind of. At that point, trying to reaffirm, not reaffirm, but re reprogram their brain to where it's like, hey, let's say that you miss lunch, you know, so you've just saved yourself 300, 400 calories. If you want to, you know, because she's not trying to build muscle or anything. She just wanted to lose weight. It's like, if you now want to have 300 calories of ice cream, you're allowed. Like you are allowed. It's, it's in your calorific intake for the caloric intake for the day. And that's a really hard thing to get your brain around. And then, you know, then it all comes down to calories in and calories out, which is true, but there are variables to it as well. And yeah, it's so easy to fall into a pattern where, yeah, all, all, you, you kind of feel like you... If you if you eat off plan, you've done something wrong. And I've mm-hmm. said it in some of my videos. I fell into that trap. There was a a good three or three or four year period there where if I didn't eat every two to three hours, if I didn't get the right thing, or you know I wasn't in a situation where I knew I could eat if if possible, I kind of freaked out and stressed out about it. And then luckily, I sort of had an epiphany one day. I was like, "What's the point of doing this if you are you know you're winding yourself up to that degree?" And surprise, surprise, ever since then, I've made better progress. You know, I've I've made um, evolved much better in the gym, and that's because I'm I'm just being relax with it and when you relax with stuff it comes easier anyway it's when you're overthinking it that it's a struggle yeah like i said it's a a positive it becomes a positive part of your life or even doesn't even have to be positive just needs to be neutral yeah okay just a neutral part like i used to what you were talking about like being afraid to fall off that kind of oh in the nutrition wagon or whatever i used to be the exact same way especially right after because i went from 415 down to 230 was the lowest i ever was in about two and a half years. Right. So, and when I got there, I was so scared to be big again. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I was going to the gym every day because I was so scared to gain that weight. And that's still being driven by fear, which is a negative emotion. And eventually if you're driven by a negative emotion, when you get to the point where you're just so exhausted, your exhaustion is going to overtake that negative emotion. Mm. You're just going to be like, I am too tired. I don't care. I'm not scared anymore. I'm too tired. Yeah. So if you can make it a positive part of your life, it's way better. Like for me, it's not necessarily positive because like I said, I still go there and be like, I just want to play Assassin's Creed and have a donut. <laughs> I want to play League of Legends and have a donut. That's what I want to do right now. But at least now it's just it's just another job for me. I go I go in the morning, I go to my job, and then I go to my real work, and then I go to the job at lunch. And then – and that's – it's become a neutral part of my life, which is way, way more healthy. Mm. I just don't feel near as bad. I don't feel near as worked over. And in general, I'm just happier and more positive. And that is the, that's the best thing about it, is that it does make you feel better. And that's why I would always push it on somebody that wanted to have it pushed on their shoulders. Because, you know, whether you're dealing with anxiety or whether you're dealing with, you know, whatever it may be, going to the gym and getting that endorphin rush. And then also getting sort of the egotistical boost, too, when you do start seeing changes. It's great. And you know that's that, that's why when people get into it, they they mostly stay with it because if you do have the odd day where you eat wherever you want or you do this or do that, and then you can't you, you see those 
you know, you see those things disappearing, you do get a bit upset by it because oh, I put all this work in. And that was the worst thing about lockdown too. You know, the worst thing about lockdown was, and luckily I was prepared for it because I, you know, I, I have the knowledge, thank goodness. But you put all this time into to building your body up or leaning up or whatever the, the thing may be. And then not having the correct equipment means, oh, great. I'm now, you know, you, you lose, mm. you know, the, however long it takes to put on it, you lose it so much quicker or vice versa in terms of putting on fat that you've just got rid of. Yeah. The, you know the good and thing it, is sorry go on man and i was gonna say for me at least it doesn't it it doesn't come off like it goes on right like the first weight i gained when i was sub teen was in uh my in my belly and in like my thighs and that kind of thing and then after i gained when i got really big then i just kind of blew up like a balloon right but when i lost weight it's not like that's the first place it came out of it was the last place it came out of so the first place you gain like oh well, i just need to lose a little bit of weight is the last point it's just such a oh it's a, it's just a trick. Yeah, no, dude. You, 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 it, the good thing about this, though, though, man, is that you've got your you've got your head around it. Do you know what I mean? That's the hardest thing. You under you understand. You know, you understand the highs and the lows, essentially. And I, like you've already said, when you are aware of that, it's so much easier to both stick you know stick stick to the plan but then also not stick to the plan if that makes any sense like if you do fall off the wagon you know that it's okay because you've yeah, accepted you start to trust yourself exactly that's it i say this to everyone like people say to me oh miller should i do the dirty bulking where i just eat and put on size i'm like a hundred percent because you're going to have a whale of the time but you a hundred percent have to make sure you have that safe dedication when it's not as fun like when it's time to get rid of all the carbs and all the fats and, you know, mm. eat all this boring food, which you will have to do. You know, I actually believe you do have to do that if you kind of go for a more middle ground. But if you're going to go to the extremes, I do think you're going to do that. And you have to ask yourself, you know, am I happy to, you know, am I happy to to, to live that kind of a, uh, that kind of a, a lifestyle? And I did it and I didn't necessarily like it. But as long as you can hold yourself accountable and as long as you know you have the willpower to ensure that you that you will head in the other direction, I actually, you know, there, there, there are no limits. There's no limits to what you can achieve because going to the gym is as simple as saying to yourself, I'm going to go. That's it. And as soon as you, and then you're there and you're like, oh, I did it. You know, that's all it takes. And of course, the first time is always going to be the hardest as we've already discussed. And that's the same with your diet too. And it's why anybody that says, oh, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. I always say to them, look, again, you do whatever you want. I'm not judging, but you already decided that you're not going to start your diet on Monday. And that until Monday, you're probably going to eat as much as humanly possible because yep. that's what we do. I've done it. The only reason I understand is because I've done it because you think to yourself, oh man, it's Wednesday. If I start my diet Monday, that gives me five days to eat like a pig <laughs> and eating like a pig is great. Yeah. I say this all the time i love the feeling of being too full i think that's the greatest feeling in the world yeah or the, I, have, I have friends that say hey i'm gonna start going to the gym i'm gonna wait till monday i'm like why would you wait till monday dude <laughs> you don't have anything to do this weekend let's go right now monday you're busy yeah monday you gotta spend all day working you're gonna be less likely of course yeah, but then i don't have to go yeah that's, that's fair. That's- <laughs> i love it I, I get it i totally get it but it, it and we all do it but it's very it's 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 very very amusing but uh, i think it's cool dude and i think um especially because you are dealing with your other issues as well the fact that you've been able to to maintain it for as long as you have it's a real credit to you do like it really really is a real credit well thanks i it's one of those things where i had i had a really 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 good uh, kind of role models at the same time that it happened i moved in with my little brother who he and his uh his now wife but my sister-in-law were just really good examples of what to do and they were real positive and it's 
I, people ask me sometimes like, how, how did you do it? I said, listen, man, if I could, if I knew how I would bottle it and give it away, mm. right? I reached the perfect level of being super unhappy with who I was, of being ashamed when I looked in the mirror of hating myself. And at the same time, I had all these other positive things in my life going on. So eventually it reached that balance. And one day, like I used to, I was looking at my Twitter and I stopped doing it probably a year ago, but I used to for like 2000 days or not 2000 days, but, uh, 2000, 1600 workouts. I cataloged every single one on Twitter. Oh, wow, so it was man. like three, three and a half years or something like that. And I, I didn't miss a day and I don't, I wish I knew why. Cause like I said, I would, I would just tell everybody how, right. I, but some people just aren't ready. That's another thing that being negative to people isn't a good idea. Cause some people just aren't ready. Yeah, I, my my weight yo-yoed all the time. I played like I played football in high school, so I was I was a big guy. I was about two eighty, and then I played high school or college hockey, so I was a lower guy. I dropped all the way down to two twelve, and then went back and forth again. Right? I mean, some people it's just it's just they're not ready. You got to give them time. You got to give them time. You got to give them support, and then be positive. Mm, no, and, and and not expect results too soon. It's, yeah, it's the be one. Realistic. Yeah, it's the one thing that I see people break on. And and even, you know, even when they are seeing results after six to eight weeks, they think, oh, now I've got to change the plan. I'm like, why would you change the plan now? It's because, you know, people have heard this um, idea that you've got to keep your body guessing. And that's true. Your body will catch up with you. You know, it will do. Of course it will do because it's designed to do that. You know, that's how you're able to survive as you get older. But you don't have to you know, change it all the time, you know, you have to give things time to work. And that's why some of these videos drive me nuts, because it paints the picture of, you know, if you haven't achieved in, you know, a week or two weeks that you're you're making mistakes, and then people get really downtrodden about that, you know, they actually they lose their confidence. And, you know, you have to, again, like you said, acceptance is so important. And when you have accepted, all right, this is probably going to take me about six months before I even get anything out the other side to any major degree. When you do know that, it's um, it's just it just it just makes it so much easier. Like you wouldn't go into a job and expect to get a pay rise within the first year, probably, because you just know that's how it works. But there's too much. Well, people are trying to sell you stuff, aren't they? That's the problem. There's too much. Yep. Um, there's too much salesmanship when it comes to fitness because everybody wants to be in shape, and I won't name and shame them here because I don't see the point. But there are so many fitness companies, especially that have spent more money on the design of the packaging to look cool and sexy and and everything like that than actually the the sustenance within it that's going to help people. I was at my sister's house a well a long time ago now. It was pre lockdown, so ages ago but i was there and i was just sort of looking through our cupboards um, probably trying to find a who even knows a cup or whatever and she had this ridiculous protein i said Rachel, this is carbs <laughs> this, this is not protein it's a carb shake and i understand why you bought it but this is yeah no you don't you, you don't need to be I, I saw it. your video about that last week yeah it was hey it's a protein shake well how come it's got 27 carbs in it then? i know why are they allowed to write protein on the front i genuinely don't understand it why are you allowed to write protein on the front but it's because it's still a while it is far bigger than it was fitness is still a niche and everyone's just happy for you know everyone that's in control is just happy for that to be a thing and it's like yeah you want to write that we don't care you do whatever you want you're like okay fantastic that's what we'll do then shall we we'll just do it like this it's uh it's a very very strange world and you do have to kind of navigate the madness and i'm certainly not saying that i don't have some mad stuff on my channel I absolutely do but again I, I advocate massively for this idea don't just listen to me listen to everyone even people like um v shred who is a bit of a controversial youtuber because he, he says a lot of mad stuff which he does but hey man he may say something that you do and it works so who the hell am i then to to come back and have a go at him either there is no wrong there is no right
Yeah, and you just have to try it out. Right. I mean, there there's some things. There's some pretty pretty shady things. Every time I hear somebody talking about targeting belly fat, I'm oh, like, listen, man. if I could do that, it wouldn't be a problem right now. I know. I can't. You know. But yeah, what are you? What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's abs- that's absolutely a video I'm doing in the future. That one, hundred percent. The idea that you can target. Well, it's because people. Because somebody woke up one day and they went, oh well, if we can if we can tell people that they can you know, target specific fat like they do biceps or triceps or shoulders or traps or whatever. It'd be, it'd be amazing. But how the hell would you be able to do that? It doesn't make any kind of a sense. Like a bicep is going like if you, if you tore yourself apart, a bicep would come away. Your fat would be everywhere. Like it's just, it's absolutely baffling. It's absolutely baffling to me. But again, it sounds good. It sounds good. And I didn't yep. realize, and I mean this in a nice way, it sounds really arrogant and I don't mean it to. I'm putting the onus on me, not on the other people. I didn't realize how little, not some people knew, but that some people weren't told. I had no idea. I just thought everybody knew this stuff. Like I said, there was one person that said to me they didn't know sugar was carbs. And I laughed at first, but I was like, well, why would you know? Again, if nobody tells you, how do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to learn this stuff some way. And uh, yeah, my, my, I got a, a huge beer in my bonnet about, uh, you know, I, I get why we're taught science in school, history, geography, English, all these things are important. Why the hell aren't we talked about, about calories? It would take uh, Dude, a couple of lessons. It's crazy that you say that. Cause I, I ended like right before, I started dropping all my weight. I saw a documentary called Fed Up, which actually showed how the body turns sugar into insulin and why when you have like a soda or something with a lot of sugar, why it reacts immediately and just creates a bunch of fat, right? It, it releases all this insulin, turns it into fat and stores it. It's, it was so interesting because I had no idea. I, you know, I, have, I got done with college. How did I not hear this? Especially because we all eat food, right? It literally, yeah, it, 100% of the people on the planet eat food, and yet we don't teach anybody about food. I stopped drinking soda for six months after that point. Now, again, like with the current diet I'm on, I have one every once in a while because it makes life easier. But I, if I'd have known that 18 years ago, what happens? Yeah. Like, well, maybe tea's the way to go. Mm. So I've. But you, 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 you hit the nail on the head there as well. Because you now know when you do choose to have a soda, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's like, okay, I understand. What I'm about to do, maybe I eat a little less here. Maybe I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, maybe there's so many different things that you can, uh, you know, you can then consider. But you have the uh, you have the education to make that choice, as opposed to many people who, again, I'm not judging. I'm just you know calling it as it is. Will have a soda and not realize that it's doing all of this. They don't know that it's high in calories. Beer, especially, nobody understands how calorific beer is. Yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat a beer. I'm just saying it's better to know. As it's good to know that smoking can kill you or that drugs can do this. It's just good to know. And then you should 100% be allowed to make your own decisions. But why would nobody is told this stuff? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I'm really lucky in. I've just I've never been a drinker. So thank God. Otherwise, I, I don't even know what I would have looked like you know, five years ago. But. It is crazy. Like when you learn how sort of calorific stuff can be in alcohol, it's like, wow, man. That's... Um, <laughs> It's not fair <laughs> if you like it. Well, it leads to the sigh effect is what I say. I tell my brother, it's always me in the grocery store. I'll pick something off and I turn it around and go, oh. <laughs> you see what's like, not too much sugar, too many yeah. carbs, son of a gun. Yeah, I know, man. I know it's, uh, I, I don't know. And I think over here in the UK, we're finally going to start putting calories on uh, restaurant menus. And I get why people don't want that because when you go mm-hmm. out to have a meal, you kind of want to ignore it. But 
I think it's better. Yeah, you know, I, it, it is. If it's going to every now and then convince someone to go, oh, maybe I have something a little bit less calories. I think it's probably for the for the greater good. I'd always put education in front of that, but I'd actually rather know. I like knowing what I'm eating. I like knowing how much cal. I am the guy that turns around every box, and my girlfriend <laughs> will roll her eyes at me. But I like knowing. Again, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything in my mouth without knowing what it was or what it could do or all the potential side effects. And it's the same with food. You know, like even stuff is uh, this this pitched as healthy, such as oat cakes. And I love an oat cake, man. Don't get me wrong. But you flip that back of the box around. You're like, how the hell does this oat cake have so many calories in it? It's because they've snuck a bunch of butter in there <laughs> to form yep. to form the uh, to, you know to form the shape of the damn thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Butter's great, but it's just good to know. Again, it's just knowing will help you out, and it's as simple as yeah. that. And you talk about like one of the I feel like one of the things in society in general, you talk about who was it? Was it uh, your your PM, right? He got uh, he was affected by the coronavirus and it was complicated by the fact that he was overweight. Right. And that's why there's kind of these things being driven. Hmm. Am I am I am yeah, I it's spot on. Yeah, it's spot on. yeah, it's spot on. And I just think that uh, it like in the U.S., I don't know how it is like, with the labeling thing is in the U.K., but on the back of everything in the U.S., they're required to put like the percentage daily value of everything except for sugar. That's weird. Why is that? When you when you op- when you flip open a sh- flip on the back of a soda or whatever, it'll tell you sodium. It'll tell you potassium. It'll tell you you know carbohydrates or whatever. It'll tell you the percentage of uh, whatever it is. It won't doesn't say that about sugar. Which well, what it is is if somebody looked at the back of a soda and it said this is two hundred and ten percent of your yep. daily sugar, would you buy it? No, no. You'd be of like you wouldn't. You, so it's one of those I have uh, you I saw you on Alan Roberts's podcast and I've got like I said, I've got a kind of a love slash annoyance relationship with him because I think a lot of the stuff he says, I really like where his heart's at, but I think he's saying it the wrong way. And I feel like when he's targeting what he thinks is wrong with the society in general, he's targeting things that have happened recently. Like, don't tell me that the fact that in America, like 40 percent of Americans have a uh, uh, BMI of over 30 because of the fat acceptance movement, which has existed for five years, okay? Mm-hmm. It's decades and decades of the food that we're eating being this type of high, high fructose corn syrup stuff, right? So I just think he, he and a lot of other people, you're aiming your weapons at the wrong people, Yeah. right? No, what, yeah. what needs to be done is we need to change the way we eat, to change, change the way we look at food. And I think that, I mean, to me, that's what made the biggest difference for me. No, it would so. do, man. But yeah, but because you retrain your brain, right? You retrain your brain. Like someone that's eating processed food or ready meals every single evening probably doesn't even know that you can actually buy a chicken pasta or whatever for cheaper and make it, you know, far healthier considering, you know, because you know what you're then putting in it. But that's why I quite like, they're too expensive for what they are. But that's why I quite like these kind of like uh, sort of healthy boxes that you can have delivered to your house that just have all the ingredients in with instructions, do this, do yeah, that. Because color fresh and stuff. That's right? right. Yeah, yeah. Because I do actually think that by proxy, it teaches you, which is, which is what you need. But yeah, like you say, man, people just don't know. And when you've got you know, government-driven schemes not informing people about the percentage of sugar in this and the percent of sugar in that. How, you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody one day is just going to go, oh, I'm just going to Google how much uh, sugar's in this can of Coke exactly. I'm drinking. Because you, no, you have no need to. Like, the the it was a program over here on the UK. I only watched it once, but somebody recommended to it. And I would have watched it more, but I just didn't get around to it. And it was essentially filming people that were eating throughout the day. 
and then, you know, discussing with them after the fact, oh, what did you think that you ate? And the amount of extra stuff that they put in their mouth but didn't actually document on their plan because they didn't think it was worthwhile added up to around about sort of 600, 700 calories a day. You know, spoonful of sugar here, fizzy drink here, whatever, like a couple of bits of chocolate. So, oh, just a couple of bits of chocolate. And again, I'm, I don't have anything against that people want to live that life that way. But when you're trying to lose weight and you can't understand why and you're doing that, then it does become a little bit of an issue. And yeah, the Boris Johnson thing is interesting. It was based on the fact that, yeah, he did have the coronavirus. and It sounded very touch and go. But to then come out and decide, oh, we're going to crack down sort of old school and we're going to put taxes on things. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you can do that. I'm not saying you can't do that. Like, we have a fizzy drink tax over here now in the UK. Okay, great. Awesome. Going to put calories on menus. Okay, great. Awesome. But just uh, we're going to have one assembly a year in school that teaches people about what a calorie is. I think we could probably we could probably make yep. that work. But look, I don't I don't run the country, and there's probably a, there's probably a good reason a good reason for well, that. and it's hard to think that his heart isn't in the right place either, too, because it is right. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. but. Run into it in the U.S. all the time. Michelle Obama eight years ago tried to do that whole thing for uh, staying active and changing school lunches and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, the food lobby was just like, eh, we give too much money to Congress and it wasn't something that they pushed. Uh, the ironic thing is the people who – who do you think owns Nabisco or Lay, right? It's yeah. Philip Morris. Yeah. 30 years ago, they were peddling cigarettes. Right. Yeah. They're, st they're still doing the exact same thing. They just used a different, a different tool is all. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I get that we need to make money. And it's not just the fitness industry. Again, we talked about booze. They're doing it there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason uh, over here in the UK that the first things to reopen were pubs. <laughs> like, yep. why, why do you think that was? Because the amount of tax that the government makes on alcohol. And that's a very cynical way to look at the world. But unfortunately, it, it's just true. And look, it, it happened with fitness too. When the fitness boom happened and all of these internet websites were popping up with protein here and protein there, all of a sudden the government went, oh yeah, we're now going to charge 20% tax on that because they saw the amount of margins that people were making it's why i'm not sure if it made it to america i doubt it did there's a site called my protein which sells very very cheap accessible protein and the reason they were able to get such a foothold in the market is because when that percentage of tax was increased they said we are going to take fifth we'll take the 15 percent hit we're only going to increase our um percentages by five so everyone was like well their cheaper is so much cheaper than anybody else's and so everybody went there then everybody else caught up but it didn't matter because they were first and you know that's what they did and i'm sure they'll do it again like the fitness boom continues to be uh to, to be a, pre a pretty big deal especially over here in the uk like I, I, I even though with everything you've said i think in terms of especially gyms and kind of high-end fitness rooms or whatever the hell you want to call it america has been way ahead of the of the uk it's only really been in the last two to three years where these 24-hour fitness uh, places have been popping up all over the place so i do think we're in for another another boom of it over here and when that does happen you absolutely know that there's going to be some uh, some increases in, in money because that's just how the world works for better or for worse mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, there we go. That was my quick chat about fitness that went 45 minutes. So <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put a little, I'll, I'll add a little intro into the start of the show in case uh, people want to jump just to the, uh, just to the wrestling stuff. But how have you been enjoying wrestling, man? Uh, somebody, a little, a, little, a little birdie told me you canceled the WWE network. I did. I did. Like uh, I, it, uh, it wasn't necessarily a total, uh, 
just a principal thing. I, I switched credit cards at the same time, and it happened right at the time where they let Rusev and every Rusev, who was it? Rusev, Kurt Hawkins, uh, Sarah Logan, uh, Zach Ryder, and there were probably a dozen or so more. And it, the weird thing was, I had just seen the conference call where WWE said, "Hey, we got two hundred million dollars just in case stuff goes wrong," and then they cut a bunch of people. And I thought, well, I'm not going to renew until you do something, mm, right? That's I just man. it was. Again, I, I just felt I felt it was really, really, really unfortunate and almost not necessarily mean spirited, but really, really greedy. And the fact that wrestlers are independent contractors anyways, I feel like you're already kind of milking the greed. I thought it was really, really scummy. Mm, well, so, I, especially when they announced their financials and, yep. you know, they, they announced the, the record breaking profits and. You get some people going, oh, well, it's only because they have those TV deals. I'm like, yeah, but that's, I can't stand it when people say that. Oh, this wouldn't be good if it wasn't for this. Well, it's happened. It's there. Like, they have the TV deals. You know, they didn't. The movie they... wouldn't be good if Batman wasn't in Oh, movie. it's my favorite one. It's my favorite one that I've now been saying for around about whenever Batman <laughs> Arkham Asylum came out. And I couldn't believe it going, it review, reviews, seven out of 10. And they had the pluses and minuses. And one of the minuses was, well, it wouldn't be good if Batman wasn't in it. What the? It, it wouldn't be good if it didn't exist. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And they didn't have to do it. Is the truth of the matter? I just think I think you could probably put a tiny percentage on it on, on them panicking, but the panic came from putting their stockholders and their, sh their shareholders first. And I think that's yeah. the really tough thing to stomach because you know the guys and girls on the ground are busting their ass. You know, 365 days a year. We've heard all the stories before, and especially a couple of guys like Gallows and Anderson. You know, when those stories came out, it was like, oh my word. It's just I, 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 yeah. I even oh. even though there was some blame on their part in terms of their own decisions, I felt so bad for them because clearly they realized that they'd screwed up. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, and then especially they were they were being actually used in a really really kind of fun way. The boneyard match was a ridiculous amount of fun for me. That's the only the only thing that I've really enjoyed about the empty arena era. Right, is that we the cinematic stuff for the most part has been really cool. I really liked the Firefly Funhouse match. I really liked the Boneyard match. That those were, and even the Swamp Fight, I thought was okay. Yeah, so. I, I did. I did. I didn't. I didn't mind the Swamp Fight. Like we did this. Uh, we did this ups and downs for for Bray White's Fiend run the other day, and I used the article on WhatCulture.com just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And yeah, they put the swamp matches are down and I just refuse to do it because, and you'll be surprised, the amount of people that go, I, why did the What Culture article give it a down? But you gave it up. We're different people. You'll be amazed to hear this. <laughs> Individuals work at the website. But I, I didn't think the swamp match was, was as good as the Firefly Funhouse match or the Boneyard match. But I certainly did enjoy it for the silliness and the, the sort of variety that it gave me when it came to pro wrestling. I had no problem with it whatsoever. And what we talked about is especially for – because I, I saw it on – you did the ups and downs for the pay-per-view, and then WWE actually posted the match so we could watch the match. And I saw it there, and I thought, you know what? I don't have the baggage. We talked about this earlier. I didn't see Bray Wyatt previously. I didn't see him kind of become a joke and get laughed out of the WWE. So when this character shows up, I'm like, wow, this guy's kind of badass. This guy's kind of scary. And then so I didn't have the same baggage with it. I thought I was like, wow, this is a really cool thing. Mm. Which is interesting. Well, I, the, the, the reason that's doubly interesting, though, is because I did know what happened. And when he went back to that, I still thought it was cool, which goes to show how much WWE screwed it up. Yeah, I guess it just goes to show what a freak, what a talented individual he is, huh? Because it's, yeah. it, it's always fun watching him, even if I don't get some of the stuff, right? Like the whole Goldberg thing made me go, 
I don't know what you're doing. I don't understand. <laughs> and the first Braun Strowman thing, I kind of understood because you're like, all right, you don't want him to beat Bray Wyatt. You want him to, or you want him to lose to the Fiend or whatever. So I was okay with that. But it it just shows what a talented individual he is. It's 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 really fun watching him. Hmm. Oh yeah, no, uh, totally. Uh, and what I actually will transition into simply because I got one of my Google alerts. This is a good thing about doing a podcast late on a Thursday. AEW and NXT ratings just came in. Now I'm basing this on a tweet. So it is Brian Alvarez. So I trust him. I trust Brian Alvarez. But he has literally just tweeted that AEW did 792,000, which obviously is very low considering what they did last uh, week, which was almost a million. But NXT, and I can't wait for this. This is going to be the, my next 24 hours. NXT did not chart. <laughs> so the internet, Ooh. cue the internet meltdown. Now I've said it time Boy. and time again. I don't care about ratings because I don't have to. I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not a statistician. But what I do like is seeing what does well and what doesn't well, mostly because I want everything to do well, because I have no dog in this fight. I just want wrestling to be a success. But NXT not charting, I don't think that it may have happened and I've forgotten. Like, I don't I don't commit it to memory. But anyway, the point I wanted to bring this up, because, you know, you mentioned WWE. What have been your feelings about AEW and NXT since we last chatted, man? Has it been any better? Well, I've, uh, I, I, I'm a real, I, I'm a, like we talked about last time, I'm a real old school WCW fan. Yeah, yeah. I used to love WCW. So when, when I see guys like DDP, that's what hooked me in the first couple of weeks of, uh, AEW when they brought out like DDP and like Jake, the snake Roberts is there right now. I, I'll watch any wrestling, man. I, I usually watch, uh, and then I, I typically will watch Raw, I'll watch SmackDown, and then I'll watch uh, Dynamite, but I'll record usually NXT because I'm a massive Keith Lee fan right now. I don't get to watch all those always, but I've got the option to. Um, So I think that people tend to forget in this weird type of brand war that we're having or this company war that the best wrestling ever was in the last 30 years was when WCW and WWE were just biting at each other when it yeah. was close, right? Yeah. That's the best by far. That's the best for the industry. It's the best for the fans. So I don't have the same kind of animosity. I I really, really – I'm not a huge fan of the – you call it the uh, the klaxon that goes <laughs> off where everybody just runs together and then you just do the moves and nobody really sells anything. That's why kind of Dolph Ziggler is one of my favorite uh, wrestlers, even though just because he can sell like a used car car salesman, like he will get hit and I'll think he's dead. Like, yeah, he actually died. There's no way he survived that spear. So, but I, 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 I like everything and I watch everything. And I think that if you're doing the whole W or WWE versus AEW, I think you're, you're kind of missing the point. Oh, I do. I because think it's just a hill to die on when there's no need to die on it. Yeah. I mean, the the be- it's better for everybody the more competition there is. Yeah, of course so. it is. Like you mentioned WCW. That was my favorite time in wrestling just because I was a WW. I mean, I admit it. When I was younger, I felt somewhat of a loyalty to WWE. But the best thing is when WCW got me. I was like, oh, I got to change the channel. There's the best. <laughs> that was the best. That's how I wanted to feel. And I would never have. I didn't go and yell at my mates about it. I just enjoyed both for what they were. And I, just, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. I am, I'm still perplexed by the klaxon. Like, I really, really am. I know I joke about it, but to me, it just seems like such an easy change. 
And they and look, fair play to them. They clearly don't think that the majority of their audience gives a damn. And they're probably right. <laughs> they're probably, yeah, they're probably, they're probably right. correct. It's just, you know, when you are watching it from a from a certain angle, it is like, well, why why does this keep happening? I don't I don't, it doesn't really bother me. Like I uh, I've melted the internet down today by accident because there was two surprise roll-ups on dynamite uh, this week and apparently because they did two compared to the zero that they usually do i should give it a down like i do wwe because now i'm biased and trying to i why i had one of those days was like, right, i'm going to try and explain this to you because i think it's really really makes sense and it's sensical it's sensical nope right over their heads they're like no you're just biased i'm like no they're di- they're different shows they're different shows. Like I said this in the last podcast, it'd be like you're having two kids and one comes home and gets an F, so you ground the other one. The other one's <laughs> like, why did I, I didn't do anything. It's like, oh, well, I don't care. I'm throwing you in the same boat. But uh, I do think Dynamite is a good show at the moment. In terms of wrestling storylines that connect together, make sense, and always give you a payoff from the previous week, I think it's the best of the, well, however many that, that you are watching. It doesn't mean that I don't, enjoy raw or smackdown or whatever i just think when i look at it and take a step back they have a plan they have a structure they're sticking to it and that makes it very easy to watch and i'll say that i thought the one this week was probably a little below their usual standard but that doesn't mean i just i i I think it's a it's an unfair expectation to think that either AEW or WWE are going to be able to give you 52 episodes of one of their shows throughout a 12-month period and everyone be fire. I don't think anybody would be able to do that. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, and I wasn't, uh, like, I, I didn't start watching Dynamite really well until they uh, pulled Jake the Snake back. I don't know, have you seen the uh, the documentary, The Resurrection of Jake oh, the man. Snake? Yeah, when they, they, they finally, oh. it was a while ago now, but it was this big delay in getting it to the UK and then they put it on... Uh, yeah, they put it on um, on Netflix and just flipping Nora, man, flipping Nora. Dude, yeah, I can, I can tell you, that was I, what I the best shows I call my uh, workout or my uh, elliptical shows because the shows that I yeah. enjoy the most I'll only watch when I'm doing my cardio on the elliptical because it makes <laughs> it go faster. The, uh, like examples, I love The Punisher on Netflix, so that's like my. That's my elliptical show, but I watched that on the show, and I was really glad I was sweating super hard because I was crying like a baby. Oh man! I, I, if I anybody it. looked, I'm like, no, 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 I'm just working out really hard right now. <laughs> How but can you not, I, though, man? Yeah, I became a huge fan of him from watching that, and just always wanted to root for him. And when he showed up in AEW, I said, "Okay, you have my attention." And then he was terrifying. He is. I don't really understand what we did with him <laughs> last night. Like I don't, I don't get this whole drawing on his back thing. But I guess it's just to make Lance Archer look like an absolute monster. But yeah, he is, he is one of those guys that will always prove if you can talk, you will have an audience, right? Yep. Like just un, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. To this day, and especially with everything he's been through too. In fact, everything he's been through has probably given him more of an edge because he has more of these horrific things to draw upon. But yeah, he's uh, he's absolutely fantastic. But they all are. You know, at first I thought maybe it was a little bit overkill, but I find out that I'm enjoying Tully. I'm enjoying Arn. Um, <laughs> you know, there's other people I've forgotten, I'm sure. But I, I really do enjoy the... Again, it's because I'm an old school wrestling fan, like your good self. I like seeing these people. It reminds me of my childhood, and that was good. I Yeah, I, every time WWE brings Stone Cold Steve Austin back or whatever, I'm always like, okay, show me. Yeah. I'll pay attention. <laughs> Right, it's the same kind of thing. Nostalgia is a really powerful thing, and it's not necessarily a, a God, what I call a cheap thing. It just is. It's, and I think it's always been part of wrestling, right? When even in WCW, when they would bring back things like the Rock and Roll Express, 
they they still do that for nostalgia for the NWA stuff. So mm. no, no, I, I I think it adds and it's just it's just fun. Um, I'm a huge fan of the women's division right now too. I think that's really really fun. So. Hell yeah, man. So one question before I let you go, because we smashed this whole podcast talking about fitness. <laughs> well, look, we're gonna, I'll get the feedback, man. I'll get the feedback. We'll do another one if they, uh, if they yeah, like you'll it. You'll get the feedback. Unsubscribe. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you. I don't care, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, all outs, obviously, uh, uh, a couple of weeks away. I really, really think what they've done with MJF and John Moxley has been excellent because I can't call it. And I think if you were going to change... Um, the title to MJF. I actually think that's probably a, that's probably a good idea. But who have you got, man? Which way are you going? Do you think we should change the title? Is it too soon I for MJF? I it's it's really difficult, right? And that's that's that means you've done a really good job in storytelling. Oh, if yeah. you've got conflicted, if you've got me saying, God, Moxley only had the belt for what? Is it? Has he only defended it on one pay per view? Is that right? Uh, I think on, yeah, so he's defended it a few times on TV, but yeah, his only pay-per-view match would have been Brody Lee, right? Which is at Stadium yeah, so he's, Stampede. Yeah, he had it for, God, a couple, three months maybe. So you're, but at the same time, I feel like I prefer, and it's weird, but I prefer heel champions most of the time because that means that the good guy is trying to get them. The yeah. baby face is trying Right, and then it also opens up some other things. Like, I'm not a huge fan of anti-hero type things. I've always been kind of a a real standard right and wrong type guy. But some of the anti-heroes that they do are really, really good. It just opens up more options. And I can tell you that I hadn't seen MJF until uh, until recently, and I hate him. So <laughs> he does a really good job of making me want to see him get his face smashed in. And if you do that from somebody that's the champion and let him, ho- yeah, if I, I was a real I, I was a really big Dean Ambrose fan anyways like his uh, his his entrance music for WWE is what I play when I start the gym oh man yeah definitely do. I always think that just and so I'm a massive fan but even I'm like you know it could work oh yeah it could work so I, I uh, I've got I think Moxley wins but I'd be okay if uh, if MJF wins. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they've done such a good jo- job with John Moxley. You can take the belt off him now and he still feels like the exact same important character that he was before. It's that classic thing of the the man making the belt and the belt making the man. They've uh, they've applied yep. that. They've applied that wonderfully and And it flips nicely too. That's one of the interesting things that we were talking before the show about uh like the WWE women's titles. Like if you give it if you give somebody a long run, they make the belt super super impressive and then the next person you give it to makes them a huge star. Yep. Yeah, 100% that, which is why I'm not totally against the idea of MJF getting it. Because if you make MJF a star this early and then you treat him as well as you can over the next few years, he's going to be even bigger than you already think he's going to be. Yep. Yep. Anyway. No, I think it's I think it's a win-win. So. I do. I think it's a win-win. I, I, I think that uh, too many times I've heard, oh, it's too early to do this. It's too early to do that. And then it never ends up happening anyway. So I'm like, well, we should have done it then. Why, why didn't we do it then? So I think I'm secretly rooting for MJF. Because I also think you've got a character there where you can do it. But I think, yeah, but you can do a screwy finish and nobody can get mad because that's exactly what MJF would do. Of course, he'd do something that makes you think he's a dick because he's a massive dick. (laughs) Let's just stay away from the surprise roll up. Well, well, yeah, I've, I've learned that one, man. I tell you, it's a who, who ever thought that reviewing wrestling shows would be such a walking on eggshell experience? Well, <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Everybody's pretty passionate about it. Yeah, right? which is which is what I love. It comes from a, a cool, per, cool place, but the internet is also 
suffers from two really, really things that don't necessarily go well together, and that's anonymity, and a lot of the time it's youth. You combine <laughs> those two things, and I don't care what you're doing. It's really it usually doesn't work out too well. I agree, man. But I will, I will, I do want to double down on your point because I agree. Um, I I am uh, massively appreciative of the people for even getting in touch to begin with. Like when you actually take a step back and realize that's what people are doing, unbelievable. Like genuinely, genuinely unbelievable. So thank you for every tweet. Thank you for every message. Thank you for all of it. I love it. I really, really do. And on that note, look, let us know. If you enjoyed that health and fitness conversation at the start, I'll do more. I'll put it on a different feed. Um, but hopefully it helped as well. Like I know I've listened to podcasts in the before when they've kind of gone off of tangents and I found it really inspiring. So hopefully we were able to to do the same. But otherwise, Hayden, man, look, thank you for your time. Thank you for always the decent conversation. And thank you for your support too. Ah, no problem, man. Happy to do it. Absolutely. I'll have to get you back on. Maybe we'll get you back on to just do fitness stuff. Who even knows? I'll see what the, there you uh, go, for sure. I'll see what the comments say. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, look, if you want more fitness stuff, go to my YouTube channel. Search for Simon Miller. It's accidentally turned into a, to a fitness channel while the wrestling world stops. So check that out. Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Come on the podcast. We talk about whatever you want now. I've opened the floodgates. We'll do Pokemon, whatever. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller316. They've got merchandise, SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. But otherwise, make sure you have a good weekend. Uh, there is no pay-per-view this weekend, which is actually quite nice. And then obviously we get the crazy SummerSlam stuff in about seven days, which then leads into All Out. So maybe have a quiet one over the next couple of days. And I'll speak to you again very soon. <laughs>